Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Around the Hype. I have with me here Surya. Hey guys, what's up? And Ashant. Hey guys, what's up? And today's episode, we're going to be discussing who the GOAT is and the top 10 in NBA history. Let's get straight into it. And number 10, I have Wilt Chamberlain. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain is really dominant and he's arguably one of the best scorers for his time. And because his era was really easy, I don't feel I can keep him any higher because it's, it's basically a guy that's seven foot playing against, playing against a bunch of midgets and people who barely even knew about the game of basketball. So it's really unfair for the others. And that's the only reason I feel Wilt was so good. But because he was so dominant in his era, I couldn't leave him out of the top 10. Okay, so at my number 10, I have Bill Russell. Because, I mean, Bill Russell's won the most championships for an NBA player. And he was an elite rebounder, a great defensive player. And the only reason I don't have him higher is because, again, it's like what Ranesh said. He he wasn't a great offensive player. And he he played in an era where like the, his competition was very weak. But still, you can't, under, you can't doubt his greatness. So he has to crack my top 10. Um. For my number 10 spot, I have Wilt. Uh, he was just an athletic beast, but since he played with part-time plumbers, I can't really put him any higher than this. Yeah, moving on to number 9. At number 9, I have Bill Russell. Like what Surya said, he was just really good on the defensive end, and he's arguably the best rebounder in NBA history. only reason I don't have him any higher is because his arrow is really easy to play in. But you can't take away from the fact that he has the most championships out of any NBA player to ever play, which is 11 championships. That's, that's really good. And consider he's, considering he's such a winner, you can't deny him a spot in the top 10. At my number nine, I have Wilt Chamberlain because Wilt Chamberlain was probably the most dominant basketball player ever. But then again, you have to take into consideration the era he played in because he played against part-time plumbers. But still, if you look at the numbers, he averaged, it was crazy. He averaged like 50 points per game with like 25 rebounds. And I, I know blocks weren't, blocks weren't recorded then, right? Yeah, no, they weren't. So, yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, but like, he probably averaged like 15, 20 blocks a game as well. And he, and for, and again, because his era was so weak, you have to take into consideration that he was like a more dominant player. Yeah, so that's why he's my number nine spot. At my number nine spot, this is probably going to get a lot of people mad, but I have Tim Duncan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could like switch out Bill Russell and Tim, uh, put Timmy at the number six spot. But uh, I just feel like Bill has like more of a resume than uh, Timmy, so I'm just going to keep uh, Tim at number nine. Moving on to number eight. And number eight, I have Larry Bird. Larry Bird is arguably the one of the best offensive players in NBA history. He could shoot the three ball really well. I think he pioneered it to what it is today. He could score really efficiently. He could actually rebound pretty well for his size. He's a three-time champ and three-time MVP. And I feel he could have done much more if it wasn't for his rival, who I have at number seven, was constantly in his way, taking away from his career. And therefore, I have Larry Bird at number eight. So at my number eight, I have Timmy D, Tim Duncan, the king of the post. So 
Tim Duncan's a six-time sorry, Tim Duncan is a five-time champion champion. He's won the MVP twice back to back also. And overall if you look at his resume, he has one of the best resumes in the NBA. He he has more wins than the entire Timberwolves franchise and the only reason he's at my number 8 is because if you look at the Spurs, they've always been a good team. Like he's had David Robinson, Manu Ginobili, uh Tony Parker and Greg Popovich. And the Spurs have just been a great team overall. It's not like he's done everything by himself. Sure, few championships, he's led the team like crazy, and that's why he's in my top ten. But I can't put him any higher because of the great, the just because what because of what the Spurs were. At my number eight spot, this is gonna I'm, this is probably gonna piss a lot of people off, but I have Kobe. Um, the reason why I can't keep him any higher is I just feel like um, he doesn't have like their resume to go with it. Like, I just feel like the other players on this list have a better resume overall. So, Ashwant, five-time champion, two-time finals MVP, a league MVP, a top five scorer of all time, is your eighth... Oh, don't, don't, and he's been an all... He's been an all-NBA defensive player also. So... Yeah, that's a pretty bad resume. I'm sorry, I, I disconnected. I didn't hear anything that you just said. That's a pretty bad resume. Moving on to the number 10 spot. <laughs> Got your ass. Good. All right. Dude, Ashwan, do you realize that in both, he's had two careers and both careers are Hall of Fame careers? Shut up. <laughs> Moving on to number seven, I have Magic Johnson. Like I said before, Magic Johnson is the sole reason Larry Bird in my opinion, isn't the greatest player of all time. Because Magic Johnson was... He was totally unfair. I mean, 6'9 for a point guard, that was really fast. He, could, he had really good handles. He, had, he has the NBA record for the average assist per game. He, he, because of his height, it would create multiple mismatches, so it's hard to guard him. And once the only option to guard him was double teaming, and by double teaming, it makes it really hard to guard others. So Magic Johnson, Philly fans, please don't compare Ben Simmons to him. <laughs> he is literally a Walmart version of. No, he Magic, isn't. Okay, okay. Ben Magic, Magic can shoot exactly. free throws Magic at least. Johnson has a jump shot. He has much better vision, and. Are you saying Magic Johnson has a jump shot? He had shot? a jump oh shot. It's better yeah, than Ben better. Simmons. Ben Simmons is nothing. Dude, <laughs> at least he attempts <laughs> shots, okay? I did. I, I, I don't think... Magic Johnson is a million times better than Ben Simmons. Even if you... Yeah, okay. I'm not saying that he is... Ben Simmons is Magic Johnson. I'm saying... There is the no comparison. Only thing of... you can compare is his height. That's all. Okay, so Hell no. ability is nowhere near, I'm guessing. Yeah, if Magic Johnson of had... Of course, pe- of course. Okay, of you know course. what? Let me continue. Magic Johnson's a five-time champion. He has three MVPs. And again, the fact that he ruined... Not he ruined. He limited the capabilities of Larry Bird's career. And he literally stopped Larry Bird, in my opinion, from b- becoming the greatest player of all time. You have respect to his name. And so I have him at number seven. Yeah, I have Magic Johnson at number seven also. And yeah, I agree with whatever Ranesh said. I think Larry Bird would be like a top three player of all time without Magic Johnson. And that rivalry was just insane. And I think it was really competitive. And it's what NBA fans love to watch. And 
Again, if you look at Magic Johnson's individual accolades, he's probably the best point guard of all time. Sure, people say Curry can give him a run for his money, but again, okay, I don't want to get into the comparison between both of them. So yeah, that's why Magic Johnson's at my number seven. At my number seven, I have Larry Bird. Um, probably for the same reason y'all said, Magic Johnson limited his career, um, but that does he still has a very impressive resume. So I kept him at number seven. Moving on to number six, at number six, I have Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's arguably one of the best scorers of all time, probably the best, and. What makes Kobe so different from everyone else is his mentality. Even though he didn't have that size strength, it's what he thought of himself that made him who he is. Uh, He's a five-time scoring champ. He's a one-time MVP. He should have two more if it wasn't for him getting robbed by Steve Nash. He's 12-time all-defense, so he's one of the best defensive shooting guards to ever play. And I feel Kobe easily could have been top three if he didn't tear his Achilles in 2013. Because I feel that took away from his career a lot. Because he couldn't make the playoffs more often. And he couldn't give us the LeBron versus Kobe finals we all wanted. But yeah, because of that last, like the injury in his last four years, I feel he couldn't return to the player who he was. So I have him at number six. At my number six, I have Larry Bird. I think most of the reasons have already been discussed great player he was probably the first non-athletic player to take over the league and he, he had a great shooting ability and he changed the, how the game was played at that time sure he may not, may not be like curry level but he definitely changed how the game was played that time and he has an impressive uh, resume and yeah that's what makes him my six best player for my number six spot i have bill russell uh, probably the only reason why I kept him at number six is because of his rings and defense. Um, yeah, that's why I kept him at number six, actually. Moving on. At number five, I have Mr. Fundamentals himself, Tim Duncan. I mean, Tim Duncan has, in my opinion, the most underrated career of all time. He gets left out of the top ten by multiple people. And... He's completely ignored. I don't know why. I mean, Tim Duncan's a five-time champ, two-time MVP, three-time finals MVP. And he's an amazing defender, 15 times all defense, which is the most in NBA history. I've, uh, Tim Duncan is the most skilled post player to ever touch the court. And he revolutionized the post game. Although he wasn't dominant like Shaq strength-wise, he used his footwork and everything else to his advantage. And besides that, Team Dun- I mean, Tim Duncan was, in my opinion, the greatest teammate to ever play. And because he was such a good personality to be around with, he elevated his teammates to a whole nother level and made them who they are. So I feel he helped develop the players that the team drafted in the second round who weren't supposed to be good into people who are Hall of Fame material. And essentially, he led one of the most successful franchises ever. And you can't take away from the fact that he has the most wins with a single team, which is over a 1,000 wins, and no, no other NBA player has ever done that. And considering there's people that are really good at the game, like Kobe, Dirk Nowitzki, to play their full careers with the team, 
this is a truly amazing stat to witness. And that's why I have Tim Duncan at number five. Okay. Uh, at my number five, I have Shaq. I mean, Shaq is the most dominant player to ever play the game. He's played in a very competitive era, and he completely dominated his era. In his rookie season, he averaged 24 points per game with 14 rebounds and almost four, almost four blocks. And take in mind, this is just his rookie season. He he had a three-peat with the Lakers, winning finals MVP in all three championships, even with Kobe Bryant on his team. And the only the only and the only reason I don't have Shaq any any higher is because again he was limited to only four championships and that too, you can only I would only say count the first three because the fourth one wasn't like majorly his and again if you look at Shaq though the only thing he he was extremely dominant I'm gonna give that to him but that's only in the paint he couldn't do anything outside the paint and that's what you need from a center I agree but when you look at the next top four guys I have I think they bring more offensively. For at my number five spot, I have Shaq. Um, Shaq has four rings. He's arguably one of the most dominant players of all time. Um, and he has a resume to go with it. Uh, he, shoots a, he shoots basically 60% from the field. Um, his per 100 stats are amazing. His per 36 stats are also amazing. Um, and this is, by the way, this is just excluding the playoffs. I did all of this excluding the playoffs. Um, his, uh, BPM is, uh, 5.1, which is good. Um, basically everything about his regular season proves that he could be a number five at the number five spot. And, um, it's basically same thing for his playoff stats. Um, everything is literally the same. His per 36, his per 100. So it shows that he doesn't shy away, um, come playoff time. Uh, pressure doesn't get to him. That's why I have him at my number five spot. Right, moving to number four. I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, the man is a six-time MVP, which is the most by any player ever. He scored the most points in NBA history. He's a 19-time All-Star. Uh, he had the most unstoppable move in the NBA, in my opinion, which is the sky hook. He completely revolutionized a game. And the only reason I have him above offensive superpower big men like Will Chamberlain or Bill Russell is because he played in a much harder era with competition like Larry Bird and he still managed to dominate. And don't get me wrong here, I feel Kareem can be the best center in the NBA, but his position in the top 10 can easily be interchanged with Shaq. Because both of them are equally as dominant, in my opinion. And they arguably have the same resume. So, I don't know. I didn't really know who to pick over each other. But because Kareem played in a slightly easier era than Shaq did, I had Kareem at number four. My number four, I have Kobe Bryant. And... uh... Yeah, I mean, Kobe's a top three scorer of all time. He's a great defensive player. He's a 12-time All-NBA defensive team. Uh, He has one MVP, and he arguably could have one more if he wasn't robbed by Steve Nash. He's a five-time NBA champion. He's a two-time finals MVP. And a lot of people say he got carried by Shaq in his first three finals. And while I agree Shaq outplayed him in his first three finals, Kobe still helped Shaq a lot. And I don't. I think without Kobe, the Lakers would have definitely not three-peated. And 
yeah and again as i said kobe is one of the best scorers so i think this is why he has to be the fourth best player at my number 4 spot i have magic johnson arguably the best point guard of all time um man he could um he makes his teammates open all the time um his per 36 and 100 per 100 stats are um are amazing um his bpm is 7.5 which is also amazing um he was also very good defensively 1.9 steals per game um it increases with his per 100 of course um his true shooting is 7.3 plus 7.3 and his field goal percentage is 0.52 all of the and he has five rings not to forget in only 13 seasons um he has rookie of the year that's why magic four. johnson's at my number 4 spot moving on to number 3 i have the diesel himself shaquille o'neal i mean in my opinion shaq was the most dominant player to ever play in the nba every time he stepped on the court you knew what he was going to do and that was attack the paint yet you couldn't stop it he's won four championships three times final mvp he's won one mvp which i feel he should have won another instead he got robbed by the media he he's an extremely good defensive player and i feel he helped make kobe into what he is even though many people say is all kobe himself it was his attitude but shaq helped shaq helped nurture that attitude and shaq i might say had pretty solid role in making kobe who he was today besides that shaq and the lakers had a three-peat and during those three seasons in which they won the championship shaq averaged 34.5 points a game which is crazy numbers for a center in his time and because he was a force to be reckoned with i don't think there's any way you can deny him from giving him a spot in the top 5 and i have him at number 3 so at my number 3 i have kareem abdul jabbar and i think most of the points have already been discussed but the only reason i i have him at number 3 is because again he's the he has the most points in the nba and that's really impressive and he has the most unstoppable move in the nba and i feel like that the sky hook that would work in any single era like his era before that even now and it would still be unstoppable and it's really hard to master something that skillful and he did it and again if you just take away his offensive skill set he was a great defensive player on top of that and he was a champion he was a winner and he was one of the best centers to play and yeah that's what makes him the third best player At my number 3 spot I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um he, he has one of the best resumes in NBA history. Six-time NBA champ, two-time scoring champion, four-time block champ, 15-time All-NBA, two-time Finals MVP, six-time MVP, 11-time All-Defensive Player of the Year. Or, I mean All-Defensive Team, my bad. Oh, yeah, my bad. Um he has one so yeah, his resume says it all. Um his per all his stats are amazing um even come even playoff time uh he um he created the skyhook one of the most masterful moves in the nba um that's why i have him at my number 3 spot guys these last two spots are probably the most controversial debate that is ever spoken of in basketball i mean it's still debated to this day who is a better player between lebron james and Michael Jordan 
I believe the greatest of all time, the greatest to ever do it, is LeBron James. I think so because LeBron, he has shown that he is a better version of Michael Jordan. LeBron can do nearly everything Michael Jordan does. It's just that LeBron is stronger. He's a better playmaker. He's more athletic. He has better leadership methods. Although Jordan was a good leader, but he had very questionable methods of getting his point across. And LeBron himself elevates his teammates to a whole nother level. Like even if you like if you watch the last dance, you can still see some of some of Jordan's teammates till today still hate him. Whereas if you look at all of LeBron's teammates, all the all the teammates he's played with, they come and say that he's a good leader and he's gotten the job done with them as well. And they still have great yeah, chemistry exactly. within all so, of them. The thing is, LeBron, he has gone to nine nine finals and he's won three of them. People say that's a bad record, but then again, you're forgetting the fact that in 2015. And 2018, LeBron faced two of the best teams in NBA history without any other All-Star. In 2015, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love were injured. So LeBron was left isolated and helpless. And in 2018, he had literally no one. He took a team whose second best player was Tristan Thompson all the way to the finals. His second best player was Kevin Love, who is old and could barely score. All the way to the finals. But, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He takes... Then, Ranesh, don't forget that if anyone compares Jordan to LeBron's legacy also, look at the fact that he's the only player to ever overcome a 3-1 deficit in the finals against probably one of the best teams ever assembled. And that team needed to go and get the second best player in the league to even beat him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. After winning seventy three wins, after after winning seventy three, yeah, there's a reason why MJ never had to overcome that. I'm just saying. No, see, but then again, you're forgetting the fact that if you put MJ in the same situation where Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman were injured, MJ is nothing. Look at look at the first season without Scottie Pippen in the first three peat they had. They didn't have Dennis Rodman. Fine, but look at the look at the first few seasons without Scottie Pippen. I don't think LeBron. I mean, sorry, I don't think Jordan. Yeah, made no, he didn't make it past round, the first round. If you put LeBron in the same situation as Michael Jordan on that Bulls team, the Bulls team would have been a better team than they already were. Because Pippen could play offense. Dennis Rodman could also play offense. It's just that with Michael Jordan being an ISO player, they couldn't, like, they even had good players like Steve Kerr on the perimeter. So if you had a, exactly, if you had, if you had a playmaking ability, a playmaking dominant force, that can still score the ball when it's required, like LeBron James, that team itself would be so much better. In his third year, he took the Cavs to the finals with a bunch of nobodies. And you people are actually going to hold that against him. Being like a 20-year-old kid, taking his team to the finals, that was a 63-win team, all the way to the finals against experienced veterans and losing. People actually hold that against him. In exactly. When he went to Miami... The Cavs are like a 20-win team after that. Whereas when Jordan retired, the Bulls had 60 yeah, wins. So LeBron himself makes, makes it so that even a bad team like the 2018 Cavs or his third year, in his third season, the Cavs he played on, he takes a bad team like that and he makes, makes it so that his teammates get better. He elevates it. He took J.R. Smith 
he's he became a bomb after he after he left the Knicks, and he made J.R. Smith the third option on the Cavs team. He made a guy that go from averaging like four points a game to thirteen. It's all in his hands. LeBron's like I feel LeBron's greatness is not only from the offensive power or the defensive ability he has or how many rings or whatever. I feel it comes from his personality and being a great teammate. I mean, he takes and don't forget don't forget he's also one of the most dominant players to play 17 years into the league and he's still exactly. an MVP candidate. But aside from that, he has this extra edge in personality. He takes an below average team and he lifts them to make them more than what they are. He lifts a below average team, a team that's supposed to miss the playoffs to make the finals. What the critics are saying is it's better that LeBron didn't make the finals then. They said they would rather have him get swept in the first round than make the finals and lose there. That's what's going to help his record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that makes no sense, yeah. Right. Because, they, because no, one, no one holds the fact that Jordan got swept in his first two rounds in the league. But they hold the fact that LeBron made the finals in his third year coming straight out of high school. That, may, that, that is true. Well, uh, boys, I hate to break it to you, but I have Jordan as my... Uh, goat. Um, so the only thing I have to back it up is like with stats, and I'm I'm not even shitting you. All of Jordan's stats, except for rebounding and assisting, are better or are equal to LeBron's. Um, so just points, yeah, exactly. So you basically mean his points, his points. Him. and that feels, that's only better by Rocks, three points a game. Points, Dude, um, three points a game makes no difference. Okay, so you're saying oh, three points per game isn't much. Okay, so uh, one second. Let me go to per 36 minutes, right? Okay. So, oh, shit. Yeah, no, never mind. It is only three points. But still, that's besides <laughs> the point. He has eight seasons in the league with 30-plus points per game. That is, that is more than half his career. Um, he averages, um, not even to his per 36, just his per game stats, he averages more than two steals per game. Same number as blocks as LeBron, 0.8. Um, he, is, he has probably one of the most um, famous finals runs in NBA history. Um, he's ba- uh, his, his post game was amazing. Um, his mid-range was amazing. He had leadership mentality. Um, he inspired the, uh, the youth like Kobe. Um, LeBron himself. Oh, LeBron himself, yes, that too. Okay, what's pathetic is you're comparing. Okay, how long was Jordan in the league for? Fifteen. This LeBron's seventeen yeah. year, seventeenth year. LeBron's played more minutes than Jordan. He's played more games than Jordan, and the stats are still almost identical. Okay, and then LeBron's played against harder competition. And the worst part is LeBron is top three. LeBron has the third most points ever, and that's not even his best attribute. That is true. And Ashant, at the end of both their careers. If LeBron ended his career right now, there'd only be a three-point difference. That's the only thing Jordan can hold against LeBron. And what LeBron is missing in those three points, he completely overtakes those three points. And by being a better teammate, by his assists... Yeah, exactly. And his playmaking abilities, those assists automatically account for more points. That's what Jordan misses out on. So LeBron has the advantage in points at the end of the day because his assists also totally into that. He has more assists. He has more rebounds. 
same blocks, sure. And only thing Jordan can hold over LeBron statistically is steals. You can leave the defense aside. Look at LeBron. LeBron can play positions one through five, and you've seen him do it. Jordan can only do one thing and one thing only. That's play shooting guard. He doesn't run the point. He can't run the point. He, I've seen him play small forward once or twice, like here and there, because he wants like they need to make space for more shooting. But besides that, Jordan is not nearly as versatile as LeBron James is, and Jordan could never be as versatile as LeBron James is. I mean, LeBron is going into his what sixteenth year. And sometimes he runs point, he runs shooting guard, he runs small forward. I've seen him run power forward. And when AD was injured, when AD was He's injured, he literally center. ran center. And he... And this is all coming exactly. from a 6'7 small forward. Jordan's box plus minus is 9.22, which is the best in league history. His player impact plus minus is 7.4, which is very high. Um... I would bring up LeBron's uh, player impact plus minus, but I couldn't find his career. Uh, for I couldn't find it for his career. But uh, this year, I'm not really going to take into account this year because I, I think that would be unfair considering that um, he's old now. He's not going to be playing up to par like uh, how he was in 2017. But uh, his best uh, PIPM was 8.66 and that was in 2013. All the stats prove that Michael, uh, that MJ is the GOAT. Um, for those who have watched The Last Dance, if you, uh, after watching it, if you don't think that Jordan is the GOAT, then you're probably a bronze sexual. Um, clearly everything. Uh, when it comes playoff time, um, Jordan uh, had amazing runs. Um, he's 6-0 in the finals, of course. And I'm okay. I'm not gonna bring up six three because I do feel like that is unfair, considering that uh, you have um, I for, uh, the two which finals. What was LeBron's first finals? You have that one. Yeah. Then you have 2015. All those, right? I agree. But even if you take those away, Jordan still has six rings, and LeBron will still have three. You could take away all his finals losses and only keep his wins. It's still six and three. But see, Ashwant, again, you guys are really you discredit you. You would rather have LeBron lose in the semifinals, so it won't be. On I'm his not saying record. that. No, but that's how it is. That. That, that's not that's Ashwant. It's not only you. It's literally the entire Jordan basketball verse. Yeah, because everyone see, what, that what you guys are basically saying is okay. LeBron had no supporting cast in that 63 win Cavs team. There's no way he was going to win the finals. So you're saying that he should just lost in the semifinals so it doesn't stain his finals record instead of actually making the finals, which is harder. I'm not saying that. I'm no, just, because no, I'm just saying, it's not only Listen, you. If he didn't if he didn't if he didn't lose in that if he if he lost in the semifinals, his record now would be three and five, which sounds better than three and six, right? Ashwan, it's not only you. That's not the point here. We're addressing all Jordan fans. And I'm not saying all of them do, but at least ninety percent of them say that the only thing that they actually bring up is three and six. Yeah, no, but, they say okay, LeBron wait. has a losing record in the finals, and therefore all they say is LeBron. Would you rather reach the finals nine times and only win three times, or reach the finals six times and win six? Obviously, the latter is better. But considering that there are multiple occasions where LeBron reaches the finals with a bunch of nobodies alongside him, 
Yeah. Bound to you're literally, you're literally telling him if you're gonna have bombs on your team, don't make the finals. Arguably, say that he could have had one more ring if he didn't go for uh, baseball in the minor league. That too, you could say yeah, that MJ would have had one more ring. Okay, Is fine, but then okay, but then okay, fine. Take this into account. Look at okay, look at out of the three and six record. Look at two of the finals LeBron's played. His second best player was Zidronis Ilgauskas. And his second best player was J.R. Smith. Or no, not J.R. Smith, Kevin Love, who was averaging 15 points per game. Whereas in every single se- every single final series that Jordan's played in, his second best player has been Scottie Pippen, who is literally who is arguably, an all-time great. Yeah, yeah no, Scottie Pippen is arguably the best second-hand man Manish, one in second, NBA history. And Manish, one second. Don't forget, you had arguably the best coach ever, Phil Jackson. That is true. Who who is LeBron's coaches? Tyron Lue. Where is he now? Okay. And uh what? He had Eric Spolstra or Pat Riley? Pat Riley Eric was Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eric Spolstra is nowhere near Phil Jackson. And again, it's not like Jordan played with bums where he couldn't do anything. The year he left sixty one twin team. I feel Jordan could have easily won another ring or two if it wasn't for that mindset. Even when Jordan was super old on the Washington Wizards, he still felt the game was about him. Although it wasn't, he had developing players like Rip Hamilton playing alongside him. But because of MJ's attitude, people like Rip Hamilton, who went on to be one of the best players in the NBA, hated playing alongside Jordan. So I'm saying Jordan takes away from such development. And there's so many instances where he could have won more championships. But because of his attitude and mindset, they couldn't. Yes, I can agree that Jordan uh, didn't use his teammates as well. But at the end of the day, Jordan was still a winner. And that's what basketball is all about. It's about winning chips. It's, the whole game is about winning. Um, but so at the end of the day, uh, on pure skill, talent, and winning, I would give, it to, uh, I would give my, uh, my number one uh, spot to Jordan. But if you want to talk about legacy, I'm, I could uh, say that LeBron deserves to be the GOAT as well. And with that, that's, that's going to cap it off for today. Thanks for listening in. It's been a great one. Bye.